Hello and welcome to LD Done Right, presented to you by CD2 Learning, a Nelnet company. On this podcast, we talk with some of the brightest minds in learning and development around the world to learn from their experiences and what worked, what didn't, how can we impact the lives of the people on our teams internally at our companies, the partners that help our organization grow, or even the end clients and communities we serve. Hello and welcome to LD Done Right, presented to you by CD2 Learning. I'm your host, Gil Williams. But as always, I am not the star of the show. That is the guest that we bring on so that you listeners can listen and learn from their experiences and what they do with their teams. Today, I am joined by a fun one. Uh, I'm joined by Hugh Rumbaum. He's going to talk to us a little bit about what he's doing with his team at Transparent BPO. Uh, Hugh, why don't you tell everyone hello? Hey, thanks, Gil. I appreciate it. Yeah, hi, this is Hugh Rumbaugh, the Director of Digital Learning here at Transparent BPO. Um, We are a uh, outsourced contact center, and we're we're doing some really innovative things here in the learning and development organization. Uh, Yeah, we've had a few conversations around what you're doing, Hugh, and what spurred me, as I was just mentioning offline, the exact reason why we wanted to have you on. So, We could talk a little bit about those fun and unique things, but before we do, tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you like to do? I see a football in your background. I see some trophies. Got to hear the back backstory before you got into learning and development, right? Yeah. So personally, outside of work, I am interested in quite a few activities. The uh, the NFL football over there is from the uh, alumni clays for kids uh, sport. uh, You know sports shooting if you will so uh, yeah. we do some uh, sporting clays we do some different things as a family um you know i am very much into what i call board sports so if it's wakeboard skateboard snowboard i'm kind of your guy and then uh, we are a motocross family my youngest races and i will just say that i still ride um so as, as my Love youngest it. would say i look pro but still go slow so you know all uh, we used to call that and and uh i played college golf we used to call that having all the gear but no idea what to do with it right absolutely there you go yeah <laughs> perfect man perfect well that's uh I, we love learning a little bit about backstories right and how you get to where you're at because in learning and development what i've learned from my own personal experience is every single person that gets into this space has their own history of why it's important, why they find it, their work important and helping people develop and changing people's lives. So um, that being said, why don't you walk us through really how you got into your position, um, you know, where you started, what, how'd you find your way into, you know, people development, learning development for, for your organization? Thanks. I, you know, I think that I, I, I go the whole way back to my childhood, right? I, I grew up in a family with two parents that were teachers and I, I found myself always learning, you know, from them or from, you know, something that they were doing. And I, I just think it inherently ingrained itself early, but um, from a career perspective, I actually, I started it at Verizon uh, at the time it was Verizon wireless. And uh, I was a, a classroom trainer before you know, online digital training. I'm dating myself a bit, but I grew up. I grew up in digital learning, and I remember the first time that I uh, I saw a uh, the new Droid phone release came out, and we had this online training, and I was I was instantly 
grabbed by the scenario. Um, and I, you know, I remember telling my manager at the time, I said, I want to do, you know, I want to be that. And she's like, you want to be an online learning? And I'm like, no, somebody made that. Like we, I want to learn how to create that. And this is a back, back in the time when we would still hard code score them and create and flash and do all types of really interesting things that don't happen today. But I, I grew up through the space and place, um, you know, as instructional design was starting to, to blow up, um, you know, I really came up through the ranks uh, with that. And I, I think it was really interesting to me what grabbed me the most um, for digital, for online learning is that, you know, I could hold as many classroom learning events as I wanted, or I could have as many virtual instructor-led training events as I wanted. But digital learning works 24-7, and I can broadcast to an audience of millions if I want to. So for me, um, it was instantaneous, the, the gravity and, and the amount of coverage that could occur from a really well-designed um, event. So it was yeah. pretty pretty early on. And I, I spent probably uh, about seven years over there. I was you know, iPhone launch was my thing for like four or five years over there. Uh, so every year I would, you know, lose my life for like 90 days and work on iPhone launch for our entire company. Um, but I had an opportunity um, to move with them to Ohio, New Jersey or Atlanta. And I, I just didn't see that as an opportunity. So I, I ended up uh, um, severing time with Verizon. And uh, I, I remember telling my wife, I said, you know, I'm going to take some time off and really just, you know, calm down and Three weeks later, I was accepting a position at another company called Denali, which is a, a Carnegie Mellon University startup in, in the procurement space. And I didn't know anything about procurement. Um, so that was, you know, that was going to be fun and interesting. And so I went over there as an instructional designer and their, their um, LXP admin. And uh, it turned out to be one of the best journeys where um, I got to work for multiple clients. Um, and I know I'm on NDAs with some of them. So I'll just say like, Hey, I was the largest coffee provider of the world, and I was at the largest <laughs> athletic footwear shoe company of the world. And I was at the largest wow. company in the world, you know, like, and I got to work projects for them for like six months, three months, depending on the, the, the item and uh, see how they look at L&D and see what's, you know, how do they apply it. And I'll tell you that that was really cool being able to consult and go into different companies and implement a um learning and development for procurement for their entire global procurement uh, operation was really, really impactful. And then um, honestly, the phone rang one day. Um, gentleman had a conversation with me about uh, a BPO company, which I wasn't really familiar with BPO. Um, and they wanted to create this online university. And I'm like, mm, never heard it done that way, but I'll take, you know, I'll take the call. And met with the CEO and, and, the, and the president over there, and uh, they explained what they wanted to do. And I also said the same thing. I said, well, it's never been done like that. Let's, you know, just, you know, just so you're aware. And I'll tell you what, Scott Newman, our CEO, his vision, um, it, that's, what, that's what made me jump ship, right? That's how I ended up at Transparent BPO, and that's how I ended up as the director of digital learning. Um, he had this vision for this uh, incredible career path of uh, online learning for his entire employee base um, that, that creates a better life for them. It's not just learning about, you know, direct corporate initiatives. This is about teaching people how to, you know, handle their money, how to take care of themselves mentally, how to physically take care of yourself. 
it really uh, picks up where a lot of international um, schools leave off or sets the foundation to move forward from a place and space for all of our employees. So it's, it's a really exciting uh, online university. I'm sure listeners hear that and they go, oh, another online university. When I get into the metric and details, I think you'll continue listening to this podcast. <laughs> well, we will get there in a moment, but I want to take a second and talk about you, you highlighted a little bit of being injected into a few different organizations and, and being able to implement learning strategies at those, right? How impactful was being able to see in really quick environments of, hey, here's learn by fire hose of what this organization is all about. How do we build a strategy around this? And then you're pivoting and you're taking what you, I'm guessing, I'd love to learn and what you did to say, okay, did I, what did I learn from that? And how did I implement it here? What did I learn from that? How do I implement it here? Walk us through that process for yourself, right? Yeah, I, I think for me, I'm very much um, Socratic in my methodology and more so with my stakeholders and the business itself. Like, why? Well, why do you do it that way? Why do you do it that way? Why, why, why? A lot of whys. Um, people that meet me and I'm investigating what they're doing to try and create learning and development, um, they either love that style or I really have to change quick. But I ask a lot of questions and I want to understand things, you know, in total complexity. Um, I think that my previous entrepreneurial lifestyle um, prior to Verizon um, allows me to meet business leaders and business owners very quickly and make a connection. Um, you know, we we have a couple of businesses outside of outside of what I do professionally, and you know, my wife manages quite a few things. And uh, I think it's just having that that keen aptitude and business insight to know, you know, what are the questions I would ask if I, if I owned this business, right? If I own Transparent BPO, what would I do? Or if I owned, you know, gillwilliams.com, right? What would I do? How would I make this the best business it can be? And I think that there's just a mindset that comes with that. And it comes through experience. You named the fact that I, you would have to pivot for organizations. And I have to say, it starts with humans. Um, reading the room and reading people is very important. Um, I believe that it's one of the most uh, undervalued skills when you're starting to collaborate with stakeholders or project requesters. You need to understand them, you know, their, their wants, their needs, their fears, their joys, everything. You have to have a total picture of your stakeholder before you can really get onto a uh, level playing field with them to discuss and have meaningful interactions to build you know, competencies and learning objectives and all the fun stuff that comes through that. Um, so that's really the way I think about things in my approach. Um, I also like to do a lot of research. I am, um, I will go down that rabbit hole as they say, right? Like, so, hey, you have this super successful company. Great, what's your glass door negative reviews, right? And why? Right, so why, right? Like, I want to see. They always say the truth is somewhere, but, you know, his, hers, and the truth, right? Somewhere in the middle is the truth, right? And and so I end up spending quite a bit of time in, in very unique ways of uh, doing a lot of uh, cyber sleuthing around, you know, companies, products, solutions, businesses, and people. And I, I think that's really important. Absolutely. You touched on something there of understanding the why behind things, but also understanding the motivations of stakeholders. One of the big things that when I'm in conversations with people in the L&D space, um, both from successful organizations who do it really well or people who are just getting started, one of the hardest things that uh, those individuals come across 
is getting that stakeholder buy-in, right? Is gaining that trust of this is something we have to focus on. And, and listeners have probably heard me say this a million times is that we're in this kind of chasm of a generational shift, right? From, you know, from paycheck is good to, hey, no, I'm demanding you develop to, it's just expected now. I think you, at Transparent BPO, what you've described to me, that vision and what you, what you deliver is taking it even to a different level Right, which I'd love to get into, but talk to me a little bit about what you saw with those organizations that you got injected into. And then even what's really cool about Transparent is the initiative was driven by the CEO. We don't see that very often, right? And so how would you advise listeners to go about gaining that leadership buy-in, um, right? And then what have you seen, to take that a step further, to get into the details of why leadership should should pay attention to these strategies and, and buy into these sorts of strategies. I, I think I come back to reading people, right? I, I think there's, I really think there's two types of people, uh, two types of people. Um, you have your visionary who can dream it up and see it. And, and, you know, the reality is that we're not there yet or we can't get there, you know, this year or next year. And then there's the realists who, hey, you know, we, we want to at least move the needle, right? We want to, you know, turn the motor another thousand RPMs, you know, let's move faster, right? And what mm -hmm. I tend to find is that depending on which stakeholder you're dealing with, you know, your visionaries, you have to show expertise very quickly and you have to show, um, you know, mock-ups and, and different, um, different project points along the way, you know, things that are broken. You really, you really have to get into the details and minutia of what's not working they, they, for some reason, they gravitate towards that. And I find that the realists, the people that, that are really trying to accomplish something, they get that there's going to be problems. They just, you know, they go, okay, well, how can we solve that? It's just a different, you know, because they, visionary, visionary people tend to have this, this, you know, garden of Eden moment in their mind, and it's all just going to be bliss and everything's going to be great. And the birds are chirping. And the real, yeah. the reality of business is it's ugly. You know, there's a lot of businesses that, that look great, you know, shiny web page, all that stuff. And they have a lot of problems. Um, Under the could, hood, there's a lot of duct tape, I, right? Man, I could think of several. Like, I've been around doing this for a while. I go, oh, there's one that came to mind as soon as we started talking, right? And I'm not going to yeah. names. Uh, you know, you go, well, okay, how do we solve those things? And, and how do we dig in? And do we have the right people to solve that problem? It really comes back to people. I know that I know at some point we'll probably talk artificial intelligence, but uh, you know we're at this mm -hmm. we're at this amazing corner uh, crossroads, if you will, where artificial intelligence is being injected, and oh, all these people are going to lose their job. And yeah, I think there's going to be some displacement, but I think that it's going to create other opportunities. Um, I follow it really closely, but I, I do think that um, at the end of the day, I don't know that we can truly replace people with with um, you know some sort of machine or, or artificial intelligence. Like I said earlier, you know, reading your stakeholders and reading the room, it's not always, you know, an easy thing to, to train artificial intelligence to do. Yeah. Um, I think the coolest or the best way that someone's explained it to me recently is AI isn't necessarily going to replace everyone's jobs. It's going to, the question or the question becomes is, is it not, am I going to lose my job, but how efficient can I be at my job with these tools? 
right? Yeah. I think that that's the way organizations, the best organizations I've talked to are thinking about it. It's not how many jobs can we eliminate with this technology? It's no, how efficient can we be with the same people in these roles? Uh, we, we are, we are currently users, so I can, I can go into that or we can wait, but, uh, yeah, I, 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 I've already looked at, okay. You know, how is AI, we, we have licensing, we're doing some things. It's pretty cool. Um, and I think it, I think you're right. I think it's spot on. It's about efficiency and competency, you know, getting correct information faster. It's really, really amazing stuff. It really is. Um, Hey, you know, write me a script for three people on a video and, yeah, you know, on this topic, and I need it to be three point three minutes and ten seconds long. Boom! You know, there goes the script, right, right in front of you. It's written, <laughs> and you can take that and you can edit it, and you can brand it, and you could, you know, a ton of things you can do. Still have to interact with it. We're not in a place of perfection where I could say, write me a script for transparent BPO, you know, contact center work for chat for this client, X Y Z problem, and oh, here's the three ten that solves all the things you just asked for. It's just it, we're not there yet. Uh, but it's a really unique place to be right now. Um, I, I do think of it as that this is almost like another internet explosion, if you will. Well, while while we're there, I think that that's a good pivot into emerging technologies. And I, it'll also ties into a little bit of effective, effectiveness of training programs, right? So I definitely want to make sure we're hitting on the two areas I, I really enjoyed speaking with you about is how you're thinking about learning and development differently, broader than just standard job skill training, right? What you're looking at from a broader perspective and tying technology into that, and then how the broader perspective technology ends up turning into those metrics that you're aiming for and, and really being able to show the effectiveness and success of a learning program. Let's make sure we hit on those for the, for the listeners today too. Yeah. Um, so emerging technologies, um, this gets really interesting. It's a very interesting time to be alive. You know, mm -hmm. today, you know, we're, we're, we are an end user to speed of development and different outcomes um, for, you know, things like chat GPT, et cetera. Right. And the future state, future state that we're, that we're visionary and dreaming of is individual session interactions for competency. Right. So if I have someone who thinks they, they really know, you know, their stuff, we can put them into an AI environment that would then quiz, check, post out, give feedback, you know, total 360 package. Um, I think that's going to take mm -hmm. some time. I really find, um, you know, spending a lot of time in the market right now um, in R&D for LTO, right? LTO being learning technology operations is probably the most important part of the time that I spend at work. Um, there are so many solutions that are that not only there are so many solutions, but if you choose a solution, um, that solution itself is it just seems like everybody's evolving so fast, right? And I don't know if I can name names or you know I'm not this isn't a sales thing, but uh, you know we we picked up a, a a software package from a company that's very well known in the um, in the project management space for L and D and. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm just watching how fast that's evolving and, and someone on my team that's managing that and how many changes and reports I get from him about, hey, these six things changed and they're going to change these eight next month. And it's like this one item is evolving, you know, so fast for even just our L&D team, let alone the business and other things that are happening. Um, you know, there's a there's a pretty well-known uh, 
software package out there that that creates online you know courses through you know, scoring packages etc they just launched their first lms and it's a really unique situation where um, what, what programs are you talking about okay so so the first one's cognota cognota is the one that we're handling for like uh, managing our, uh, if you will, projects, right? So if, if you came to me and said, hey, I, I have you know, a learning and development need, we have this way that we manage our entire project to get to an ROI output for you know, that project. And it's a really, really wonderful, really interesting software, yeah. And then the other one's like Articulate. So Articulate just came mm -hmm. out with Reach. And Reach, what's really interesting, I'm like, yeah, I'll sign up for a free license. I'll sandbox anything. I'll test anything, right? And I went from my published tool to review tool to an LMS to learner. I mean, whoop, seamless, fast, incredible. Um, won't scale today, right? Won't work for the organization today. Again, they're just dipping their toe into the pond, but in impressive, right? Interesting. And and I know, Gil, that you know you're in that space and you see those things. And I know, kind of watching, you know, as things evolve, it's it's incredible. These, these companies mm -hmm. and these systems, it's just incredible how fast. And that's why I say spending a lot of time in R&D as the director of basically LTO over here. I mean, it's it's incredible. It's an incredible time to be an L&D. Sure, sure. I think that what's really been fun, you know, it, yeah, CD2, who, who I work with, um, we're in the L&D space, we're in the learning management system spaces, um, but also content management systems as well. What's really fun to be a part of is, you know, it doesn't matter, right? I mean, it, as long as these organizations are getting the support they need, right? Ever there's a different flavor for a different organization. Um, there's a ton of those programs out there. Um, and so for a lot of organizations, what you're mentioning with Reach, with someone's looking for a pure course distribution platform, and that's it, what better way of doing that uh, in an efficient man manner, right? Of being able to spin something up and distribute that really smoothly. But it, then there's the, the next step of creating those individualized learning pathways, those breakoff points, you know, prescriptive, all of that, where we start to tie in just that elevated experience. There's a flavor in a organizations who are looking for that too. And that's what I really enjoy about this space is that it doesn't matter who you work with as long as they're fixing the needs and supporting your people. And that's what we try and try and really live at here with CD2. But we love learning about new technologies that are out there. I mean, it only makes it better and it makes us better at what we do too, right? I, I, I think what's interesting about that comment, right? Um, you're absolutely spot on. And what I would add to that is it depends on the maturity of the business, right? Mm -hmm. like TVPO, pretty mature, small small quick solutions aren't always solutions you know for what we're trying to do where like a cd2 you know you guys would scale up everything would scale up we'd be able to get you know there's reporting there's data analytics hey can we gamify it can we put a leaderboard can we you know you, you just start adding complexity right so the maturity of who's leading that lto and what company they pick on the solution exactly it's going to matter it's it's such an important time and that's why I, again i come back to spend I, I know leaders today that come to me for questions, you know, outside of my business, people on my LinkedIn come to me and they go, Hey, I have this problem. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Well, you know, here's five companies because I spend time in the R and D side of understanding who's out there and what's available. Um, it, it's really important to me. Um, it's also what allows us internally as transparent BPO as a team, um, our team here on the digital side, like we're, we're as cutting edge, if not more cutting than, 
a lot of larger organizations. And I think that that's a competitive advantage. Um, I've created a career track internally in our team that you and I've spoken about where I think of, I do think of, I, I think of the, the, uh, the organizational alignment completely different than what's out there in the marketplace today. Um, you Absolutely. Know, everybody, everybody goes, hey, we just need, we just need an e-learning developer. And I'm like, well, that's a terrible title and a terrible way to think of the solution, right? Do they just create e-learning? That's all they do. You don't want video. You don't want, you know, maybe a graphics package. You just want an e-learning. You just want somebody at the basis line, like terrible mindset. You have to have people that have multiple competencies in the role they hold today. Um, we tend to think of our, I, I won't even say e-learning developers. We call them digital developers. Our digital developers, you name a tool, they're able to pick it up and roll. We just did some some augmented reality here recently with the team to upscale. I mean, we're we are we are on the cutting edge, not bleeding, but definitely cutting. Yeah. Um, so walk me through that. Where do you find AR, VR, and AI are tying into the future of online learning? Because we're exploring that with a number of really fun clients as well, um, and we're making what we believe is a really exciting headway in those spaces. Because with AR already implementing strategies today, VR same thing, right? So uh, a lot of those um sort of technologies are fun to just brainstorm with your clients hey what if you did this and and tried it so where do you find that those are fitting into your strategies in the future of learning and development as a whole yeah so we manage multiple clients so we have certain clients that that, that solution is not going to work for right it's just they don't have something that's kinesthetic in a sense because i think of you know, augmented reality is very helpful for certain things, maybe not as kinesthetic, but like, you know, VR, virtual reality becomes real kinesthetic real fast, right? I, I had the opportunity to take a presentation where, you know, you walk out on a steel beam as a union employee, right, to see if you can deal with heights. And boy, is that realistic. And mm. you feel it real fast in the center of your soul <laughs> if you could do this job. And I think I'm imagining those videos where they're walking out and they're really scared with that someone in the background is messing with them. That's what I'm imagining here. Yeah, it's 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 legit. If you've not put a headset on and had the immersive experience, boy, is it it's something. Um, you know, I'm I'm blessed with the ability that my my oldest son is really into baseball and he okay. likes games, right? So games, games and baseball and gaming. And he's like, Dad, you have to try. Wind technology, and I forget the name of the program off the top of my head, but basically it's a simulated batting experience. And I'm I'm like, oh, I'm in. Give me the headset. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit home runs all day, right? And you're you're having a live at bat, and they can dial up any pitcher, any pitch, any speed, anything at you. And you could you can take that swing a hundred times, and there's haptics feedback, and you know what you're doing in that swing. It's incredible, just the sports training aspect. Let alone, mm -hmm. I'm going to teach someone in a factory how to change something safely so they don't get sucked into a machine or have a, uh, you know, a, a detrimental, you know, emergency, if you will, or a, a safety violation. I mean, there's so many applications. Um, when I was <laughs> when I was at the largest social media company in the world not too long ago, I had the opportunity. <laughs> to uh to engage with oculus and and, and talk i can't speak about them because i you know i'm i'm not tied in there um and i got to sit with um bosch and porsche um developers and boy and this is this is four or five years ago i mean this is 
it was unbelievable what they're working on for a technician at Porsche to know exactly what part number in their um, in their augmented reality glasses, where the part goes, what wrench they need, you know, what tool they needed to change. I mean, it was spot on. And I think how fast this mechanic could work because they don't have to think about decisions they're making. The machine's making decisions for them and they're just the instrument. And, you know, there's an entire list of problem solving things that come up. It was incredible, absolutely incredible the way that they're thinking about maintenance or MRO, you know, things like that on a car. So, I mean, the, the ability to get immersive to that level and those sorts of crucial roles, you want to talk about efficiency and well, just retention of information that you couldn't have before through reading through handbooks or the only way you got that is years of experience or let's just say even dial that back a little bit weeks or months of experience but in the when you start to tie that to okay well what goes into getting that person experience well that's probably downtime from someone teaching right that's downtime from any sort of you know of that machine pumping out the proper amount of material or whatever it may be right so those are hard when i start to talk about these things i get a lot of the questions from an roi perspective i was like well these are the these are the things that you're looking for, right? Is imagine how much more efficient you could be when you don't have to pull so and so away from the machine to train the new hire to do the same thing, right? Imagine how efficient you could be when Jim, who's been running this machine for the last 25 years, leaves. Well, I have his knowledge stored in a vault that I can now pass to the next generation and the next and the next, right? And so you just don't find that sort of same sort of longevity in employees today. And so that comes with its own inefficiencies. So um, yeah, it's been, those are the fun conversations we get to have, right. And, and help educate leaders. Yeah. I, I would say this, if you're listening to this podcast and you're really interested about what's cutting edge and what's coming out, like if you've not attended a dev learn, um, a dev learn conference, it, you know, it, it's in Las Vegas this year, go check out dev learn you know, mm-hmm. we'll be there. You going? I mean, yeah, I'll be there. I mean, it's, it's, you know, if you've been, it's incredible. Um, it's funny, Tim Beery, who I forget which beverage manufacturer he works for or bottling company. I was walking the floor and I was looking at all the different VRAR solutions and I walked up to his and I was like, yep, you're going to win. He was like, you're crazy. And I'm like, no, I'm dead serious. You're going to win. I stood by Tim and I didn't even know, I didn't know the man. Like I just stood by him and I'm like, Hey, I'm going to wait for your name to be called. He's like, again, you're nuts called his name. I took his photos and like, Hey, I'll hit you up on LinkedIn, send you the photos. Like he was a shocked, you know, he was shocked, but I can tell yeah. you, that for, you know, you as a, a learning and development professional, as you walk and you see 130 or 150 different simulations and things, you go, whoo, this is the one. It was so, it was so easy to identify how simplistically he did it with the efficiency in place. So uh, Tim, if you're listening to this, hats off to you. That was definitely a winner. <laughs> and here's a little nugget for, for, for those of you that do attend DevLearn, right? So I got to see Tim's project. You know what's even cooler is when you invite Tim to a team meeting and he's able to discuss his entire development model and what he did to implement it to the folks that are implementing things for your company. And that's mm. how I think of like career development for our team, right? How can I get them to see what I'm seeing and then get answers to those types of questions? I mean, Tim was gracious enough to give us an hour of his time to come meet with the D- TBPO digital team. Oh, and, wow. Uh, we created some solutions based off that. I mean, it's just a great, you know, you talk about a great relationship and, and mentorship and and uh, good people helping each other. You know, that's that's what this this whole thing's about. 
I couldn't agree with you more. And that goes back to even just tying into where you said, well, I don't know who I can talk about from a platform perspective. I don't care. Like that has been the one fun thing is that no one really cares. It's not a competition. Yeah. We're businesses. We're trying to gain. Right. But at the end of the day, we're all here. Our purpose is to provide systems, services, strategies that impact the lives of the people that go through them, whether that's internal at your company, external, doesn't matter. It truly is that that's our purpose is to provide an avenue to help someone be happier. Like what your, your whole goal is with your new strategy for the CEO painted that picture. We're not impacting people's careers and that's it. We're not making them more productive for our organization. We're making them happier people. And that should be our purpose in every conversation we have. Yeah, I love that, Gil. I think you're spot on. Um, happy and engaged employees will give you more than someone who's a detractor. Um, you know, I, I tend to, I heard a metric that, that happy and engaged employees will give you 35% more effort, whether that's time, energy, or effort. They just tend to give more. And if we create those environments and foster the learning that needs to occur in them, boy, your retention does stay up and people do stay longer, especially if you create a career pathing, right? So mm -hmm. when you create a career pathing, all of a sudden now I have the next level or the next thing that I might want to do. Um, boy, that gets a whole lot more interesting in a business, especially in BPO, because you know, a lot of people think BPO is just, you know, stuck in a call center and there's no career, there's no, no path forward. Transparent is completely different from that. We're the exact opposite, in fact. Well, on that note, walk us through the strategy that the vision that this, your CEO painted for you, how from start from vision towards phase one in the execution process and, and onward, um, walk us through that. And then you've mentioned some of those key metrics, right? The yeah. people should stick around and listen to. Let's talk about those too. Yeah, that's a good segue. Thanks, Gil. So, um, you know, when I met with Scott, he wanted to create a, a university that an employee could take after a certain amount of time of employment, right? So let's, I'll just pick a number, right? I'll pick the 90th day, right? So you're hired day one, sure. you go through onboarding, everything else. And on the 90th day, you have the opportunity to be enrolled into a university. And uh, so that automatically happens and you, you get into this university. What's interesting, our university is completed outside of working hours. So this is not mandatory mm. training, right? And right there, half the learners, you know, or half the listeners go, oh, this is going to fail, right? And that was kind of the same mindset <laughs> I had. I'm like, wait, we're going to do what? So they, they take they take level one outside of their working hours. And in level one, we've created direct competencies that they have to, you know, have to complete, right? And don't get me wrong. Some of them are how to be better on a, on a phone call, right? How to manage a okay. phone call, sales that succeed, things like that, right? But hey, how do you handle your paycheck? Because globally, a lot of people are living paycheck to paycheck. Do you have an emergency fund? Have you thought about your health and mental wellness? Have you thought about your career path? You know, what is... What is your what is your method of operation and how you run your life? And, and so level one touches on a lot of these things that are different competencies from a, a typical corporate university, if you will. We really pick up where you know high school may have left off for some folks or you know, create a foundation for those that don't have the deeper education. I have some really fun stories about employees that have emailed me about success stories of creating emergency funds. And I, I will share one after I explain this, but uh, yeah. so le level one, they, they, um, 
they spend on average about 40 hours completing this. And if you, you complete level one, you do get a pay raise. So you do this outside wow. of work. It's not, it's not mandatory. It's not, you know, but you get a little bit of a pay raise. And so you go, Ooh, okay, I'm going to make a few, you know, a few more dollars. And, uh, but what's more important is your completion for level one opens up a timeline to be enrolled into level two. And again, level two is going to be 40 hours of, of direct. And also, by the way, I, I forgot to mention level one, you have elective content. You know, we have, I don't know, a couple hundred hours of elective content that you can take that you can choose, you know, like, hey, I want to start my own business. We'll train you how to do that at our business. We will train you how to open your own business at our business, right? Like, believe it or not, it's one of the best things you can do. There's a lot of people in our industry that have, you know, considered a side hustle, right? They opened up a bakery or they have a shoe store or they have, you know, but it, the, the key there is that if they're interested in opening their own business, they have to understand business, which means then they'll understand our business. Um, but yeah, the electives are really neat. It's, there, there's some really fun electives. Um, you know, it, it gets really profound in, in looking at what people choose. Um, there's a few that I've put in there personally because they're from my, my own personal library of changing my life. Um, and, you know, I, I think that that's important that we're out here, you know, making a difference in people's lives and changing their minds and their mindset. You know, we're really enabling people. So again, level one, they take it, they get a little pay raise, they jump into level two, they get a pay raise. When we start hitting level three, this is like your pre-leadership pre level, right? You're going to start heading into something called leadership cadet. And you, in the BPO industry, one of the biggest things they struggle with is having a bench of leadership. So who's our next in line, right? If, if you were to replace Hugh today, who's the next in line that could take over Hugh's job, right? And so we, we begin that process really early on in this career path. And, and we have folks that head into leadership cadet. We have uh, another level that goes, uh, we start getting into the leadership training it, itself. And there's another director that takes it from three forward. Um, and, and she's done a fantastic job with, you know, moving up from team lead, team lead to supervisor or manager, and then, you know, operations manager, do you want to move into operations? Do you want to move into IT? Do you want to move into HR? Hey, I want to be part of the communications team, you know, whatever it is, we've created a program called Cornerstone that allows you to figure out what cornerstone of the business you want to be in. Um, so, you know, when you start in BPO and you think contact center, you go, Ooh, probably not a lot of options. Turns out that, you know, we have learners. Okay, so this is where I hit you with a metric skill, right? All right, so, let's go. All right. You, I just told you they take this outside of working hours. Our level one engagement rate, which means they've at least started or completed training is a little over 65%. Wow. Okay, most corporate metrics we see, we were shooting for like 30, right? And, and mm -hmm. honestly, I'm sure listeners right now are like, we're at nine or we're at 15, right? We're, so we're at 65% engagement. We're, we're graduating somewhere between, depending on what month and you know what's going on in the business, around 30% of our learners are graduating month over month. Um, and this is just level one, right? And what was shocking to me, and I guess I can throw a, a few other things in there, right? Like, so for those of you listening that, oh, well, what's your social... What's your social score? Yes, we have surveys, we have star ratings, we're 4.8 out of five on courses where, you know, we can go through all that, right? But as you look at the Kirkpatrick model and you start talking ROI and you tie this back to the business, what we've, we've what we're starting to find out is that we're reducing attrition, you know, around 50, 60% attrition drop, 
right? And then we're wow. starting to see we're starting to see people that are moving up faster and people that are taking on more earlier. Um, and then it gets and then we launched level two this past fiscal year, and boy, the results were shocking. Like you're you're above eighty percent engagement, and you're graduating more than 60 percent month over month. So what we're seeing is high performing employees who took the time outside of work to complete this are engaging and becoming more engaged in, in the work that they're doing or in the university itself. And it just, it becomes a, um, I, I use this term with a, uh, a case study not too long, I'm trying to remember exactly how I phrased it. Basically it is a um, compounding interest effect, right? Mm -hmm. So once we get you in the door and get you started, it turns out you're gonna continue. And it turns out that not only are you gonna continue, um, you're gonna jump into the next level even faster. Uh, it takes on, on average about 50% less time for someone to complete level two. But wait a second, Hugh, they're the same amount of hours of learning. Yeah, they are. But the people that made it through level one, as soon as they got into level two, they were in. They were planned. They know how to run lives. It's just a completely different dynamic in there. And it's it is it's very impressive. I'm 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 really happy that I took the position over here. Uh, it's fun to talk about. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's it's just something that you know people haven't seen, and I've I've traveled around the United States talking about this a little bit um, when and where I'm able to, and you know, obviously this podcast is part of that. But um, we have some crazy interesting results over here, um, and employees are just hungry for it, and they they continuously come back. Um, we have an open open uh, catalog of courses that they can also take, and we 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 supplement that with some LinkedIn learning licenses as they age up sure. through some of the bigger things, but, you know, there, there's a learning path and learning program for basically everyone in our company. And, and that's really the vision that Scott had. He has created a learning first organization here through this. It's, it's incredible. Um, you know, the requests that, that. We, yeah, the requests we receive daily are enough to make your head spin, but you know, that's why we had things like Cognota and we had the right team in place and, you know, there, there's a process and a flow. So, but um yeah, that's that's the big that's the big cheese today is you know the metrics. I don't know. They, I love I that. Themselves. I think that oh well, absolutely right. I think you you've said a learn first organization. That's the first that's the first time I've heard it uh, mentioned that way or positioned that way. Typically, what I am always asking is like, hey, is this kind of a check the box compliance sort of thing? Or are you truly trying to develop a culture of learning at your organization? A culture of people wanting to grow and be developed right and develop into something new and better uh, than where they're at today right um i think that where what i love hearing is that when you do hold that to a high end a high standard um that is the, the most important piece is actually supporting our people look what it can do from for the bottom line that's what you're talking about there with those metrics is the attrition rates well there's a hard bottom line benefit to that right um, I mean, probably in a, in an industry of yours, I, I bet people are like, well, 60%, that's crazy. We're, I'm, I'm sure that traditionally in that space, you probably have over a hundred percent retention probably, or close to it, um, in some of those spaces, right? Attrition, hundred percent so, attrition, attrition. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's and so BPO, making a 60% impact of that is a lot. Right. We're known for BPO is known for turning folks over. And uh, I'm, I'm proud of what we've done today. That's um, amazing. You know, one of the fun things I'll share with you, Gil, about it is, is watching people in level one. We have a keyboard proficiency um, 
I'll say test. It's not really a test, but we've gamified it. There's like 900 different ways to learn about keyboard efficiency, right? And you see someone pass and then you see them change their score a week later and it went up by like 12. And then, oh, wait a second, we did it. Like we have people who have taken the, the keyboard proficiency nine times because they're trying to get to 115 words per minute. And you're just like, holy cow, like, <laughs> why, are you, why are you doing this? And they're like, it's just fun. I'm like, okay. It's interesting. It really is. You just, you'd have to see it and you go, this is, this is crazy. Uh, and by the way, I don't have a, a keyboard proficiency rating of 115 words per minute for, for <laughs> and it's not just typing. So I, I don't want to say words per minute, right? But like, there's a proficiency aspect yeah. to that. And I'm like, man, if I moved at that rate, like, and, you know, I, I'm not slow, but I'm definitely not. So we have some really high performers. It's, it's incredible. I'm like, did they use yeah. How could they have tricked this system, you know? And then I meet with, I've met with a few of them to see, like, are you really that fast? And then you watch them do it, and you're like, holy cow! It, it's it's incredible to watch the change in just that one small aspect. Right. I mean, that it drives productivity and efficiency across everything they do if they're if they're truly engaged and involved in the in the development process. Right. How much more can we talk? It goes back to the AI piece, right? I mean, it that's already being done if you're doing if you're looking at it the correct way in learning and development. It's not a matter of like how efficient can we get and lean can we get as an organization if we develop them. It's no, how can we use the people we have today to just produce as much and drive our business forward, right? It's the same thing. I really think about it is, um, uh, you know, going to the gym, right? You're going to work that muscle out and it becomes stronger mm -hmm. and then you can lift more. And um I think that when we're in the lifting being can do more, right? And there's just more energy and production out of it. Um, and I I do want to tell you uh, one other thing with this fun story. Like I told yeah. you, I said, a fun little narrative. Yeah, please do. So my favorite my favorite story of an employee that, that finished university and gave us feedback. I, I get this email from an employee in an international company or an international country. And he says, hey, Hugh, I just, I really wanted to thank you for, um, for putting in, you know, the uh, financial management course that's in there about day-to-day -day living. And uh, he said, you know, I lost my wallet this week. And um, when I lost my wallet, I normally would have spent the day looking for my wallet versus going to work, which means then I wouldn't have as much money for my family to eat or, you know, et cetera, et cetera, right? He says, but I took your course and I took your advice and I put money in a jar so I had money for the bus and I had money for lunch and I went to work, which means my family's able to thrive. And then he says at the end, he says, and by the way, I found my wallet when I came home. And I was like, when you peel that email back and you think about it, right? He came to work, which helped him financially for his family, right? He came to work. He helped our company be better and successful. And oh, by the way, our company works for other clients because we're a VPO, which means that they became better and you know, this this ripple effect of one stone in the water was just really, really, you know, powerful uh, to me when I received that email. I thought it was, I thought it was really interesting uh, of just one, one employee's feedback of how this university changed their life. Like they literally look at money and the way they manage their lives in a better facet. Well, that'll get you out of bed in the morning. Better than coffee. Oh yeah. What, what a cool story. That's powerful. And that's really, I think that ties back beautifully about what we're all here to do and what we've talked about, right? It's, it's more 
than just pushing the business forward. It's making and pushing the people that work for you and you spend every day pushing their lives forward, making them happier. What a cool way to, to see that in live action with what you're doing today. Yeah, thank you. Um, that was That's my one story. I have others, but we only have so much time. So. Well, we'll have to do this again. Well, to wrap things up, uh, why don't you tell us if there's one key thing that listeners are out there in the L&D space that are looking to push their business forward or gain that buy-in? What is one little nugget of information that you'd share to the listeners out there? Um, I, I think if you spend more time um, researching how you can do something versus spending the time of saying it can't be done, you will find success. I will not, I would not say that this university did not come with a plethora of challenges, um, some that we we generally did not think we could overcome. Uh, but there are opportunities to create things and do things that that uh, you know you have to look at things through a different lens. Um, and I would I would challenge you to continue looking through life through a different lens. That's 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 my feedback or my nugget of advice. Um, if you're looking at something one way today, find a different way to look at it tomorrow or in 10 minutes, honestly, the way of things, the way the market's moving today. I love it, man. That What a cool way. You got to look at life through a different lens and continue to improve. On that note, I'll wrap things up. If people want to want to reach you, where can they reach you at, Hugh? Uh, best place to reach me is probably LinkedIn. Hugh Rumbaugh, simple. Simple LinkedIn profile. I don't have a website. I don't want one. <laughs> uh, you know, and I'm 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 happy to help people think about solutions and things. I'm not here to sell anything, and I'm not looking for anything. I'm just genuinely happy to give back to the community that we we uh, thrive in here, learning and development. Fantastic. Well, everyone out there, you've been listening to LND Done Right, presented to you by CD2 Learning. I'm your host, Gil Williams. Our guest today has been Hugh Rumbaugh. Hugh, you were fantastic. Thank you so much for today.